Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast, brought to you by Lace Partners. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this, the first HR on the Offensive podcast of 2021. Yeah! My name is Chris Howard. I am the Marketing Director at Lace Partners, and today I am delighted to be joined by our Executive Director of our HR transformation practice, Emma Leonis. Emma, how are you doing? Happy New Year. Good, thank you. Happy New Year to you too. To all of our wonderful listeners as well. And we've got an exciting podcast today because we're going all HR shared services and we're bringing one of your, I'm going to actually say she's almost to the point where she's a partner in crime now because you've done a couple of uh, webinars and a couple of presentations together. But we've got Lisa Dennis, who is Director of HR Shared Services at SPX Flow. Lisa, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you, Chris. And happy new year to everybody as well. Yeah, happy new year. So we are going to have a bit of a general chinwag for about half an hour about a little bit about the HR shared services white paper that we produced last year, uh, just getting Lisa's thoughts and Em's thoughts. But also we're going to talk about 2020 because I think it's a nice opportunity to reflect on 2020. We're all stuck in lockdown, still lockdown number three. I don't know how many more lockdowns they're going to do, hopefully just this one, and then we can all start getting uh, needles into our arms and uh, start living normal lives. Um, vaccinations I'm talking about, of course, uh, no sniggering there at the back. But uh, so let's uh, let, let's also have a look at 2021 too. So I'm, I'm interested just towards the end of this podcast, just to get your thoughts on both of you on what you think might happen for next year, given that we're in January and we are ra- hopefully going to see uh, some some interesting uh, developments in the in the shared services space. But let's start with the white paper. And I guess I just wanted to sort of bring Lisa in on this one for the first one, just to give a bit of a general, your general thoughts, Lisa, on the actual research itself, because obviously you were a participant um, at the research. I tell you what, before we do that, why don't you tell us a little bit about SPX flow and then give me some, and then we'll talk about specifically about the uh, the shared services research. Sure. Okay. Uh, so SPX Flow is um, a global manufacturing company. We've got about 6,000 employees. Uh, it's gone through a lot of change in the last few years. We sold off a large portion of our business um, 18 months ago. So a lot of transformations happened from a, um, an organizational point of view. From a, a footprint point of view, we have a lot of small sites in various countries across the globe so I'm sure you can appreciate from a a cultural point of view that's quite challenging and also that means shared services is also challenging to to align when you're targeting very small groups of people in uh, in very specific areas and uh, I think certainly this year has challenged us as it's challenged everybody with remote working and, and, and things like that. So along with the sale of the business and all of that organisational change, we then have Corona on top of that. Um, so it's been a very, very challenging year for us. And uh, and so um, and we've had to move very, very quickly as well, which we've been able to do, which is a, which is a good thing to to see. But I think from a from a shared services point of view as well, we've got probably I'd say 60% of, of our locations within shared services as a, as a model, but we haven't got everybody in there yet. So there's a lot of transformation still going on in terms of one payroll provider for everybody, one platform for, you know, those those kind of things. So we're still in the middle of a, a lot of change at the minute. So it's, uh, let's say, exciting times. 
Yeah, I mean, certainly sounds like it. And um, I take it a lot of that activity obviously was has been borne out, you know, and, and the plans behind that sat before the COVID situation even um, occurred in 2020. So to have that falling on top of us, um, it's almost double bubble, really, I guess, from your perspective, isn't it? It is, yes, certainly. So the domestic tour was well underway before Corona, um, as was all of the technology implementation that we'd already got on on plan. And it, it, it's all uh, all come together um, uh, all in one. Uh, let's not say perfect storm, because, you know, it's gone all right. <laughs> perfect bubble I'll use that term that's fine but yeah we did have three significant strands of activity going on for for us which is uh which is you know challenging and um uh it's an opportunity for a lot of people to get stuck into a lot of things um I've certainly learned a lot I would say in the last year or so doing all those things together well, let's let's actually touch on that then. Before we talk on the research, let's go through that because that was one of the things that Ems, you and I talked about just before we went on air this morning, um, just before recording, wasn't it? We'd really love to get your perspective, um, Lisa, on, I guess, lessons learned for you guys as a business over uh, in 2020. What was the key thing that, as you reflect on it, that you would take away that, okay, that's what we learned, that's what we've learned to do really well, that's one of the challenges, that's some of the challenges that we've had that perhaps we would do differently if we could do it again. Not that anybody wants to do 2020 again. Let's... <laughs> okay. Um, I think for us, uh, one of the things that we did very well was get that remote workforce mobilised. Traditionally, and, uh, and obviously I need to exclude the uh, the guys in the factories here because obviously we've got a, you know a, two different types of workforce. But traditionally, SPX has never been one to advocate remote working. Uh, working from home was 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 not a thing. We it was in small pockets, but it, it was really not not the uh, done thing. And I think even just if I if I think about um, my particular site within Manchester, so that was that's two hundred people, finance shared services and HR shared services. Those are the guys that do not work from home. Shared services traditionally don't work from from home, and there's always been a perception that they can't because. You know, we can't monitor productivity. We can't do this. Oh, God, everyone's going to sit in their pajamas and watch the telly and not actually do any work. That's that, that's the sort of perception. But we uh, we were able to get everybody out and home and with a remote working solution. I mean, they were VPNing into a remote desktop and every time the computers didn't update, it knocked everything out. Someone had to go on site, press all the buttons, you know, those kind of things. But we did it within a week. And for a business that's been fairly slow in terms of mobilizing IT and things like that and, and also with that with no remote working really at all actually to do that within a week get everybody at home and, and just have a few little stragglers that were having issues it's a fantastic achievement and I think uh, now the you know we, we recently did a survey to say to people right when eventually the world gets back to some dare say normality but like you say Christmas we're getting our jabs and things like that when there is a, re a return to the office how many days would you like to work in the office? And most people, certainly in in, uh, in our environment, said uh, one or less. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so uh, people are, are happy working from home. They've got the technology, uh, and and our shift as a business is now okay. So why wouldn't we? And 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 that's and that's globally. That's not uh, that's not just within the shared service environment. That's that's the global company saying right. Okay, so. You know, okay, fine. We, do we just give everyone an allowance to to get the right chair to get that? You know, obviously we're all working. At, I'm in my kitchen right now, working at our kitchen tables. Do we just give people stuff to set things up? But I 
having been in this company for the last 10 years, there is no way, if you'd have said this to me um, in, in 2019, that we'd have a policy saying everybody can work from home. I, I'd have laughed you out of it, honestly. <laughs> it was just not on the cards, definitely. So I think we've learned that actually people can do what they need to wherever they are. That, you know, they, they absolutely can. Um, and like I say, that was, a, that was a fantastic achievement. And we've learned that we can do things. We, we can do things quickly. Um, we're not just this big lumbering beast that, that just can't turn anything around. Actually, we, we can when we need to. Anything we would have done better. Oh, do you know what? I think I can't actually remember pre-COVID. It's, uh, it's, it's literally gone from my brain. Um, yeah. <laughs> anything. I think we've done some fantastic stuff. I think that um, as a business, we've, we've been able to, to do a lot of things, whether it's communication, whether it's new policies. I'm sure there are things that we could have landed better. I'm sure there are things we could have done quicker. But I think it's been challenging for everybody. It would be really hard for me to to pick on one thing to say, do you know what, we could have done this better. I'm just sort of thinking, Lisa, obviously it's been a challenging time for, for everyone over the past year and will continue to be for a while. And that takes its toll um, on all of us in different ways. And just curious to kind of hear your thoughts on how you've kind of kept that team engaged, you know, kept the morale up within the shared service teams or whether there have been maybe skills, certain skills that have come to the fore you know, in terms of strengths and things, that type of stuff? Yeah, I think um, it, it, it is challenging. And I think I, and on top of all of the other activities that I mentioned for us, um, mm. we've also just been through a large outsourcing um, programme from the finance shared services point of view. That's not um, affecting the HR team. But that's also, a, you know, a, to do that remotely while no one's in the office, you know, all of that kind of thing. So keeping the, the teams that remain engaged is also very difficult on top of everything else. I guess from from my point of view, it's um it's it's even just daily calls with the team. I mean, we've literally got nothing to say. So we've got to the point where we're, I think, and I've, I've mentioned this to you before, but people are commenting on, oh, I've got this, I've got the same cardio on three days in a row. So I'm trying to wear something different. <laughs> so at least there's some topic of conversation. You know, Alice has got a new dog. What's the dog done today? You know, just try, yeah. trying to to keep that connectivity because I mean, uh, it's it's so easy to uh, it, when you're working in your kitchen or, or wherever it is. Some people are, are lucky enough to have a, a separate space, but even then, you know, you're not going outside, you're not seeing anybody. The days blur together. Uh, like I said, I can't remember pre-COVID. I actually can't remember last week. If I'm honest with you. So. No one can. I don't think 2019 <laughs> existed. To be honest with you. <laughs> That, yeah, it's that that human face, I guess, you know, and saying to people as well, I'm not Skype stalking you. If you want to go for a walk, if you want to put the washing on, if you want to do this, then please do, because that's what I'm doing. I, I've got I've got my little stepper next to my kitchen table. I'm doing steps while we're in meetings. If I'm not talking or presenting, just know that. And, I, you know, and, and things like that. If you want to do Joe Wicks, that's fine. You can turn up in the call next on your, in your gym gear. That's OK. But just letting people you know, just do what makes sense for them. I think that's been the most important thing. Yeah. It's really important to to just get to know and to have that transparency as a business, isn't it? I mean, we have that. I have that all the time. In fact, in my own teams, sorry, in my own outlook, I will actually physically put in, you know, when I'm going for a run so that people know. Because it's not something yeah. that you need to hide. It's just to let you know if you really, if you desperately need to speak to me, then I might be a bit out of breath and running and I won't be able to talk for very long. But I am I am contactable just, but probably best if you don't. And you know that 
that helps all. But um, I wanted to kick us on then just to start talking about the actual shared services research because you were a participant and you and Emma obviously, uh, Emma interrogated slash interviewed you. Uh, last year as part of the research. I wanted to get your general thoughts on the research. And as I said, right at the beginning of the the show, was there anything that stood out from you from some of the responses that we got? Yeah, so um, I think the research was helpful in in a number of ways. I think that a lot of what we've been looking at as an HR infrastructure team and our thoughts for the future were really backed up by the results of the research. It's... uh, it's difficult for us sometimes um, uh, within our within our networks, potentially only looking at the UK quite, you know, quite often and, and things like that. So it's difficult for us to then sort of get a sense of what everyone else is doing in, in our space and, and what they're thinking about as well. And so the the research itself really in terms of, you know, the, the what's in the name, what we're looking at from a technology point of view, the um, you know what the role of the business partner is the grey space between HR shared services and COEs you know all those kind of things that um, that we've been talking about um, but didn't necessarily have the and this person's doing it this business is doing it or something like that to to take to the senior leadership team and say this is where we think we should be heading we're saying it but with, with nothing behind it. And so the, the research has been incredibly helpful for us to, to just start that conversation in earnest with a few numbers behind it, even just that, just, just having a few numbers behind it has been incredibly um, useful. I think the most surprising thing for me, and I think, Ems, you, you mentioned it in the, the podcast before Christmas as well, is actually the list of technology and what the future roadmap looks like. Yeah. Surprised that the... The volume of people that are still focusing on uh, case management systems that aren't there yet. I was very, very surprised with, with that. We've got one. It's not great, but we've, you know, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I was very, very surprised with that. And I was also very surprised, as you were, that the AI stuff was, was so far down the list on the future. And, you know, when I, you know, uh, talk to, to people in my network that are, um, you know, built the chatbots, you know, those kind of things that, that we're really talking about as no brainers because that, that's literally how we're going to be able to take in the rest of the stuff as, as, as the business transforms. We need those kind of things. So for, for those to be so low is, is, was very surprising, I think. And that we're still not, I guess, HR, we're still not as far advanced as we were talking about five, ten years ago. That's, that's the thing. And, I, you know, from a finance point of view, don't get me wrong, that's the same. It's just a bit further on, I think. But there's still that. And I don't know if it's about investment. You know, is is it that we haven't got the investment from an HR point of view, whereas you would from a supply chain point of view or, you know, things like that. But that was definitely the, the most surprising thing. I thought people, more people would be further on than, than we are. And the investment point's a really interesting one, isn't it? Because I think HR sometimes gets overlooked. It's like we know it needs to be there, no, no, it needs to do what it needs to do. But unless something really bad happens, what's the burning platform? Because we all want to do a good job and we'll do whatever it takes like a, you know, a swan, beautiful on the top of the surface of the water and underneath you're going, oh my God, how do I do all this stuff? <laughs> and actually we need support to, to do all of those things that we want to do. But unless something completely breaks and we'll try our best to make that not happen, that is, I think, part of the challenge with not being able to get perhaps the investment that we need. But I, I'd like to think that given that, you know, the majority of HR teams and will have stepped up to the plate over the, you know, the past months, really shown their worth, hopefully, if ever there was debate about the value of HR, that's 
kind of not there anymore because we've proven how integral we we are to an organization you know we're at the heart of the organization um literally and and just sort of thinking about it I, I absolutely agree with you that you've the technology bit surprised me too um that there's always room for improvement um you know that's not surprising in the sense of technology will continue to evolve because therefore we need to continue to evolve but it was more actually we're not even really at the start of this journey yet in some places which was quite surprising and i think that also has the a flip side which is we need the right capabilities to be able to use that stuff you could put it in but if we don't know how to use it to use it to its best advantage to build that our own capability in that then we're never really going to get the value from it so it's kind of a two-way thing isn't it i think yeah definitely and i think there's an amount of, of things that are that don't require a lot of investment. They just need somebody in the team to have, you know, a little bit of flair for yeah. something and things yeah. like that. And it's identifying those skills and making sure that you know as well who in your team has got that little bit of, who can do VBA? I mean, we're still talking about VBA now, but who can do it? You know, who could, could sit on, on a Microsoft training course and, and build you a little chat bar? Who could, do, you know, um, and understanding the skills that, that, that you haven't hired people for. And that's the thing, you know, we're, we're hiring a certain skill set and even now we're talking about what we hire next. It's it's service. It's still not digital. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sort of it's prompted a thought from me on that, Lisa, as well, which is you've talked, we've talked about investment, talked about skills um, and finding the right people. But it's also sometimes just doing something. If it's not a massive, massive change that you're going to make, it's a small incremental piece. You don't really need to ask permission to do that. So just, mm-hmm. just go do it. And sometimes there's that inertia well we have to have approval to do all of those things well, actually yeah. we don't <laughs> it's within our gift let's go do as well and be bold and do that yeah do you know one of the things that i thought was interesting and just listening to you guys talking about things like the you know chatbots and ai and this is this is born out in the report as well that i find is fascinating and a question that i've just written down is hr too hard on itself in terms of oh we're not where we want to be and we need to be evolving and we need to be getting you know we need to be at the forefront of, you know, let's see, why aren't we implementing chatbots? Why aren't we delivering on AI? Because one of the stats, and I really should know this, Ems, one of the stats that was in the report talked about how IT yeah. um, teams aren't even looking at that. So if you've got IT teams that would naturally see that as their remit, that aren't really looking at that, is that not, is HR not being a little bit harsh on itself? Because it's then suddenly saying, why aren't we doing this? Um, that's an open question to both of you, actually. So let's let our guest answer first, <laughs> I guess, and then you have a thought, Em. Uh, yes, I guess, I guess so. When you put it like that, definitely. I know uh, from our point of view as a company, uh, we're on a case management tool. Our IT function are just about to move on to that case management tool. So, you know, we were there first. Um, and whether they will build chatbots, I, I don't know. But yeah, no, I, I guess we are. And I, and I recognize this from going to the networks and, and also going to, to finance networks. You know, people talk about robotics, RPA. I mean, you go to you go to a conference every year and, you know, you hear RPA, 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 RPA. So you automatically assume that everybody's doing it. And everybody isn't doing it. And, and when you, you know, when we, we survey people, just like we've done in the research or, or when we, you know, we've, we've done at webinars and things, when you survey people, they aren't doing it. And everyone's very keen to know, but no one's done it. So no, no one knows how to. But still, you get all of these, I guess it's suppliers and things like that telling you that everyone's doing it. And, and so it's just, uh, yeah, maybe we are too harsh on ourselves. <laughs> I think we're too harsh. And I also think sometimes, to your point, Lisa, we, 
see it as a, oh, okay, it sounds like it's something we must have to do because everybody's talking about it. Well, actually, if it's not right for you, it's not right for you. Don't feel that you have to implement something for the sake of it. Actually, that's the worst thing to do. If you're not ready for it, don't do it. You might never be ready for it or never even need it, to be honest. Yeah, so it's a bit of a vicious circle, that one. (laughs) Mm. And I think I've heard you say this, Emma, a couple of times and even on um, podcasts that we've run as well, where you know, people are talking about the latest bit of tech or the latest whizzy piece that, of HR tech that we want to implement. And the question that I've often heard you ask is, well, are we asking ourselves the right question as to why do we need this? You know, what problem is it solving? Mm. And sometimes you can just get too bogged down. And I think it's not just a HR thing. I think this is general functions as well. I think, you know, marketing, finance teams, everyone is obviously looking at, this is to your point, Lisa, you're, oft, you're often looking over the fence and thinking, oh, what have they got? I bet they're doing something exciting. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is get your own processes right. Get your own, get what your own objectives in place. Know exactly what you want to be good at and then just get better at that. And if technology can help to uh, underpin that, to support that, then absolutely great. But make sure that you're you're doing the the, the brilliant basics, mm. I guess. That sounds a little mm. bit uh, cheesy, but I think that's a, that's a pertinent point, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, and some of the participants in the research, they didn't have many enabling technologies on top of their either on-prem or, or cloud, you know, HRIS systems, yet they weren't getting massive negative feedback from employees, line managers and business leaders about the quality of service. So that says a lot in itself, actually. You know, I, I firmly believe that, you know, we should look to automate where it makes sense to, because to your point, Lisa, you can then start to eat into that little gray area and take more from BPs and COEs to elevate the role of shared services. But only if it's the right thing to do, to your point, Chris. Yeah, I think if it's, uh, if I compare, um, like I say, from talking to networks, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning, our footprint is um, lots of little pockets in lots of different countries. That's lots of different employment laws, lots of different policies, lots of different things. And so um, document management for us is a lot more complex uh, that would facilitate, like I say, a chatbot or something like that, than someone who has 50,000 UK employees and, and that scalability, and but one policy that, that, that fits all. Um, and so it is right, um, uh, you know, the, it's what's the right thing for the for the business as opposed to, like you say, Chris, just looking over the fence and going, oh, <laughs> that all looks nice. <laughs> I'll have one of them and one of them, even if it doesn't actually make any sense for your business. Yeah. And with that in mind, then let's um, let's start looking at 2021. Uh, Lisa, tell us all of the millions and millions of HR tech that you're embedding in your business. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> So I just wanted to talk to you both just for a few minutes, just as we round off today's podcast about this year, because we're in January and we're looking ahead at what we might see. Actually, I'm going to start with Ems, just with your some thoughts from you first, because Lisa went first last time, so you can have a go this time. <laughs> uh, talk to me about what you think we might see for 2021, given what's happened in 2020 and what trends that HR and specifically HR shared services might might see this year. Yeah, I think a big one for me is probably the type of support that shared service, HR shared service teams can provide. So if I think about that from the sense of maybe well-being, engagement and just being there, frankly, in someone's time of need, I my personal view is that's what shared services role should always have been. But I would say that because I'm obviously an advocate of the, the HR shared service model and building capability. But thinking about you know challenging the role of a business partner and having someone on a day-to-day basis who's just there to listen to a line manager in their time of need or an employee that should be really someone in hr shared services 
But traditionally, that kind of well-being, um, kind of support, mental health type element hasn't necessarily been in the remit of HR shared services. It's not really necessarily even been in the remit of the business partner or an HR generalist. It, it might have been in pockets, maybe supported by a COE or a third party. But I think for me, that as a kind of service request and offering is something that we will hopefully see more of in the HR shared service space, which then elevates the role of the teams that we have in HR shared services as well to more of that people advisor. And I definitely think there's there's something in the service delivery tech. You know, we, we've already talked about that, but particularly around the kind of collaboration and engagement aspects of the service delivery technologies that exist today from an end to end kind of point of view. But I'll let Lisa add to that. Yeah. Lisa, thoughts. 2021. How awesome is it going to be compared to 2020? And what's going to happen? Well, I hope it is. Um, I don't think it'll take much to be <laughs> more awesome. It's a low bar. It, it's, it's a, a low, low bar. Low that's bar. I think that, uh, I mean, I would say that 2021, the, the face of work will change. I think we've We've done a lot, and I don't just mean my company. I mean, as as companies, we have done. We've we've gone through such significant change within, you know, from for flexible working and all that kind of stuff. And I just think that that's going to make uh, a huge difference. And when we start getting back to that normality, you know, we it won't be the same as it was. And and that amount of change in such a short space of time for businesses to to go through that, I think that. As Emma said, you know, there's, there's well-being, but there's also all of those additional policies and that, you know, talking people through options. So it's not the business partners that can talk people through the intricacies of tax implications, payroll implications, those kind of things of, you know, the um, you could get some tax relief for, for working from home. You can do this. You could do this. Um, it, it's it's the payroll guys. It's the shared service teams. It's It's not the business partners. Um, and I think there's so much scope in that changing face of work. Um, that we will, in some cases, need to facilitate from a shared services point of view. So, you know, we're, if we're saying our policy now includes allowances for people to get this and this and this, um, there's some policy management there. But I think there's a lot um, in scope just in that um, new world of work for, for shared services. Forget technology, forget anything else. Yeah. 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 I mean, from my perspective, the words that just listening to you guys and also Thinking back to the report itself as well, two words kind of keep popping into my head, employee empowerment. I feel like 2021 is going to, what we had in 2020 was people having to learn to do things differently. And now a lot of businesses are therefore got people now sat at home, but people have, as a result of what's happened, they've seen, oh, I can work like this. Oh, we as a business can work like this. And so now I think the the natural evolution of that is employees starting to say, actually, and this goes back to the report itself, I want I want to engage with my business in my way and mm-hmm. on my terms. Mm-hmm. So if I use WhatsApp with my friends all the time, maybe I just maybe I want to be engaging with people more on WhatsApp in my business. Or you know, if I if I'm looking at purchasing something, you know, for my house or whatever it is and I need some information on it, and I use a chatbot all the time, well, maybe I want to be doing more of that. So I think from a HR perspective, it's trying to tap into the understanding of the employee and how they want it their way. That's something that again mm-hmm. resonated yeah. from the report. Yeah. And making sure that you can deliver it through, and whether that's through tech or whether that's through, just through the changing processes, I think that's going to be, from my perspective, that word, those two words keep popping into my head, employee empowerment, empowering our employees to have things their way and then being able to deliver things their way as well yeah 
I like, I like that, cool. Chris. Yeah. Are you going to steal that, are you, Ames? I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's yours. Take it. I don't mind. Listen, guys, it's been absolutely amazing just having a quick chat with you today, finding out about all the exciting things that potentially we could see on the horizon, chatting a little bit about the, the research itself. If you do want to download the research, you can find it at lacepartners.co.uk forward slash shared services. That's all one word. And you can download a copy of the report. You just need to fill in a few bits of details. We will be back uh, talking more on this uh, topic with a few more of the other providers. Lisa, thank you very, very much for your time today. Thank you. And Ems, good good to have a chat as always. Likewise. And yeah, thank you, Lisa. And we will see you next time on the HR on the Offensive podcast. Bye-bye.